Hey, everyone, you are listening to the Divergent Conversations podcast. We are two neurodivergent mental health professionals in a neurotypical world. I'm Patrick Cassell. And I'm Dr. Neff. And during these episodes, we do talk about sensitive subjects, mental health, and there are some conversations that can certainly feel a bit overwhelming. So we do just want to use that disclosure and disclaimer before jumping in. And thanks for listening. As autistic ADHD business owners, Patrick and I both understand the importance of promotion and doing it in a way that feels authentic and genuine. If you are a neurodivergent business owner and you would like to place your services or products in front of a neurodivergent audience, we are now opening up our podcast for sponsorships and we're providing a 10% discount code for neurodivergent business owners. So if you are an autistic or ADHD business owner, and you'd like to get in front of our audience, reach out to Divergent Conversations Podcast at gmail.com for more information. So it is the second day of 2024, and we are going to talk a little bit today about what we want uh, more of in this new year, what we want less of, some intention setting and kind of explain our own processes and behind the scenes for everyone. I hope you all had a happy, healthy new year. And we know this episode is not coming out until the middle of February, but I think it's a good topic that you just suggested. So what feels important for you going into this new year? Oh gosh, so many things. Yeah. I've been thinking about this topic a lot. Um, I, I don't know about you. I always, I have mixed feelings about new year resolutions I think my demand avoidance kicks in around that. Um, but I do really love the practice of pausing and reflecting, like what went well in 2023? Um, what would I like to do differently moving forward? So it kind of intention setting. So I'm definitely doing some intention setting moving into 2024. Um, for me, my my biggest one is health. That probably won't be a surprise to you or for listeners. Like I've ever since 2020, I, so I, I got COVID March of 2020. I was speaking at an event um, like the week the world shut down and I, I got it at that event. I, I wouldn't, I have so much regret. There's so much regret when you have a chronic illness. I wouldn't have gone, but I was the keynote speaker. Um but I went and I got it and I've, I've, I've been sick ever since. And in the last year, I feel like it's really spiraled. I think I'm in some unhealthy health spirals and I've been learning more about POTS and dysatonia and learning about how the, like you stop moving cause it's hard to move. And then that makes things worse. And I'm definitely in that spiral. So for, for me wanting to reverse some of the health spirals I'm in is a big one, but to do that, Patrick, I have to stop being a workaholic. And to do that, I've got to work through some deep psychological shit. So that's where I'm at for 2024. How about you? I love it. I love that you just named it like that because that's that's really what it is, right? Some deep psychological shit. Um, especially, I want to highlight the fact that you're still uh, an active working licensed psychologist. So when we're talking about like stepping away and finding out a new balance and figuring out the way we want our year to look where we want to put our energy, man, there's some deep rooted stuff there because I know when I stepped away from 
working as a therapist last fall before my third surgery, it was hard. So I, I can deeply empathize and resonate with that feeling. And I, I know there's so much like, for me, there was like shame, abandonment, am I abandoning the profession? You work so hard to get this life politics, politics. but prioritizing my health was so crucial to be able to do anything, especially with this newfound, like vocal capacity slash restriction. I feel like my voice is like a cell phone battery at this point in time. And once it's gone for the day, it's just gone. So I think similarly to you for 2024, my goal is to continue to shift to more intentionality um, behind the things I say yes to. And when you're a quote unquote workaholic or I mean, I think a lot of us as neurodivergent folks enjoy work too. It's a means of connection with the world and mm-hmm. people around us. So I hate, I'm not always like a workaholic fan of that label, but. Um, We've talked about that before, actually. And I, I've only recently started embracing it because I actually am finding it helpful to name it. Because we've, yeah. you and I, one of our first podcasts, we on your other podcast, we talked about work being play for us. And yeah. so it is really complicated and it's more complicated than like classic workaholism because I work totally. to escape my overwhelm. Yes. Escaping the overwhelm to help regulate your sensory system, probably in some instances to dissociate mm-hmm. when you need to and to feel like you're a part of, right? Like that for me is so huge to feel like I'm a part of. So it's hard to turn it off when that's a big source of your connection with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I, I do think for me, what's been helpful is to constantly do this almost like internal evaluation and analyzation of does this thing feel energizing? Does this thing feel like something that is going to cause me to have, is there going to be a cost associated with this? And then like you've mentioned before, like the green red light system of just kind of weighing out, is this going to be worth saying yes to? Because I think I, I get excited about things. I impulsively say yes or commit to things. And then we've talked about this, Mm -hmm. like my autistic side part is like, uh, what are you doing? This is, this is torturous. Like this is too much. And ADHD is like, hell yeah, this sounds so fun. Let's get on another plane. Let's go to another country. I was just texting you yesterday about, I don't want to admit this on air. (laughs) Booking a flight to Romania with my dad for July when I was like, July is going to be my month where I don't do anything. So not off to a good start. But I think intentionality is huge. Figuring out where I want to spend my energy, my capacity, my focus. Um, constantly reevaluating that too and giving myself permission to pivot and adapt and change as I go because things that light me up today may not in six months and I don't want to shame myself for letting go of something that I might commit energy to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those long-winded, yeah. sorry. Oh my gosh. I feel like usually I'm the long-winded one, so <laughs> please never apologize. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you're getting at is so key when we do have limited, whatever the limited, right? Like limited energy, limited vocal, like we've got to get so crystal clear about our values and meaning and purpose and like what we're saying yes to. And I think for both of us, um, and I think for a lot of neurodivergent people, like the, the knee jerk reaction to say yes, um, like that is a hard thing to curb. And 
I, I've noticed my spouse recently, like oh, actually just over this last week was like, uh, and he doesn't make requests to me often, but he was like, can you please not say yes to anything until you get your work life like in balance? Um, Cause I'm, I've been working just kind of ridiculous hours and he, he's like, I feel your stress when you're stressed. And so, um, and that, that was a big deal for him to ask something like that. And yeah. So curbing that knee jerk reaction to say yes yeah. is, is hard. It's really hard, especially I think even harder at times when you start to develop kind of what we've developed in our lives, where it comes to like having a following, having an audience, creating promotion, uh, creating any sort of material that you're going to be publicizing you're writing books. Like, you know, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard to be like, Oh, if I turn these opportunities away or if I do less of this, then therefore does that like completely shift the projection or the trajectory of, of my professional career mm-hmm. path. I've had to get really comfortable with the uncomfortable with saying no. And I'm usually a very responsive. Um, there's definitely some people pleasing tendencies and also just the fact that I would also label myself work as a workaholic. So major throat surgery has allowed me to have a escape from having to say yes to things like I'm, I'm no longer really doing well on coaching or group coaching programs. And mm-hmm. I'm really focusing my energy on the retreats and the podcasts and some other stuff that's going on. But other than that, I don't really know what else I could do. And I think that for me, is challenging because then it then that then feels limiting and I hate that feeling of like oh I can't do this thing or I, I don't have mm-hmm. the ability to to move through this next thing that I want to create so that has definitely been like a internalized struggle for sure over the last year like the struggle of encountering your limits yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah I had a newfound perspective on like you know, sensory struggles and energy and social struggles and mm-hmm. just the way so many little things can impact me emotionally that I have to almost feel like I'm like so freaking vigilant all the time of every single possible scenario. And I'm like thinking, right, we're in January. My year is about to just get chaotic. And in the next five months, up until June 3rd, I'll be in five different countries, speak at two different conferences and host four different retreats. And that just saying that out loud is a lot. And I know the cost of like what that's going to do to Mm -hmm. me and the in-between and once it's all over. And I think for me, I'm like mentally preparing for this thing. And now it's here. It's so hard because then you really don't even live in the present moment of like, here are all the things you should be enjoying and experiencing. And instead I'm thinking about like, can't wait till June 3rd when it's all over. That's so sad. Like you've set up this career, this, this business to have the life you want, but it doesn't sound like you want it. Mixed emotions for sure. Parts of me really do. And parts of me really don't. And I think that's really this polarizing feeling and experience of like, okay, you created this thing. Your name is associated with like putting on mm-hmm. these really high quality events. Um, 
they're good money makers. I get to meet people, I get to travel the world, etc. And then the flip side, the other side of the coin is like exhaustion, depletion, dissociation, uh, probably increased substance use to deal with said experiences. Um, travel is just exhausting. I mean, for anybody, mm-hmm. let alone people with our, our systems, um, all the things, all the social yeah. contact, all the small talk, all the everything. It, it sounds fucking horrible as I'm explaining it. It does. Actually. I, and maybe I'm like putting my own stuff on you, but it almost sounds like when you describe it, right? Like, you know, good reputation, travel, like you should want it, but you mm-hmm. don't, which I feel like, I mean, I can relate to that. And I feel like that's a really common autistic experience. Like I should want this really glamorous thing, but in reality, the reality of it doesn't live up to the hype. That's so true. And that's so much of my existence um, is like this glamorization or romanticizing of like how life could be or be experienced. And this happens constantly. I've talked about this. I'm like, get excited. I told you I was excited about planning the trip to Romania. I'm probably more excited about the planning piece than the actual experience piece. And then once I touch down, I'll be like, oh, this wasn't what I wanted it to be. It didn't go as I wanted it to be. I'm more overwhelmed or I'm more overstimulated than I, I intended. Now I have to do constant work to regulate myself. And mm-hmm. I think that's just such an exhausting experience to like constantly be regulating, constantly be like having to be one step ahead just to like make it through the day. Well, and the letdown, and this reminds me of, and now it's going to be a while since our listeners heard this, but the attachment episode released recently and this idea that in fantasy, we get to experience things in a way our bodies don't actually experience in reality. So like say my fantasy of travel, again, I'm going to put it like in a pretty uh, like polarizing way, but in my fantasy of travel, I'm not autistic. I don't have sensory issues. I'm like, Oh, I can be flexible with change. I, and then the reality it's like, Oh wait, no. Yeah. yeah your body, your body doesn't love this. I mean, part of your, part of you loves this, but there's so many experiences like that where the anticipation it's like, I I forget my limits because the anticipation and fantasy are so intertwined and then the reality hits. And like, so it's interesting. One thing we know from, from brain chemistry, and I'm diving into this right now because I'm doing some work on habits. It's really interesting. It's the anticipation of something we're looking forward to where the dopamine starts release releasing. So even for someone with like, like a substance addiction it is the anticipation of the coke or the or the wine um so we like we desire better than we want or or no what was it we desire better than we like i read that in one of the books i can't remember the author um and this idea that there's more dopamine in anticipating so when you're anticipating a trip right so much dopamine for a natural like neurotypical brain there's going to be that fallout of like, and then the real thing's not as good. But now I'm thinking about, okay, but for the autistic person where it's, it's not that it's not just as good as the anticipated, but it's actually a let down because it's, it's hard. It's sensory dysregulating. I'm just thinking about that, that experience of that juxtaposition of I've, this thing has gotten me through the last month because I've been looking forward to it. And here it is. And I'm disappointed. And there's this, drop yeah and the juxtaposition is the fact that like upon landing arriving checking in whatever the letdown is almost immediate 
It's like <laughs> everything just hits you sensory wise and you're just kind of you just absorb the energy of the airport and the stress of travel and being around all the people and all the things and all of a sudden your system is just like so out of whack that you don't know what to do like i so often find myself being like can i come home now like i just got here can i come home now Mm -hmm. i think i feel that anytime i leave when we so we went to canada for a month in august and the first few days i was really dysregulated and it was a really calm like we got an airbnb but it was just like the routine disruption. It was the house was actually next to a really loud highway, which I wasn't expecting. And I just was like, when, when do I get to go home? Like, yeah. and then the added pressure of like, I spent so much money to like take time away from work to come here and like, and I just want to go home. Yeah. This Patrick is why I like barely leave my house, which maybe, I don't know, maybe I should do more of in 2024, but. <laughs> Is that one of the intentions being set? Um, but I get that because then there's like all this pressure to quote unquote enjoy or at least like get the most of it, right? And I imagine for you, just like for me, if I had this free time, like yesterday was New Year's Day, I had nothing to do. And I'm like, I should go make content. Like I should go do something. I should, I struggle so much to just be like, you have free day on your calendar. You just get to relax. And I'm like, that, that could not feel further from relaxation for me. So, a free day for me on my calendar means I ha I have time to do a deep focus project. Um, it means like no meetings that my inbox right. is somewhat tamed. Like, and then it's right. like, Oh good. I get to like, you know, do a deep dive into something where I'm, it's not the pings and the pongs. It's flow state. Yeah. And which is great. Like I love getting into that flow state. And I also recognize how hard it is for me to say like, I'm going to try really hard in 2024 to be less of a quote unquote workaholic. And then in my free time, I'm going to work or I'm going to do something or I'm going to be productive. And mm -hmm. it's so hard to just be like, I'm just going to relax and like be, that's not a thing. Well, I think it's probably got to be more active. I think I'm thinking about that too. Like I've, I have to replace work with something because I, because yeah. relaxing, I mean, we've talked about this relaxing and doing nothing. is not actually relaxing for either of us. Right. So for me, it yeah. would have to be like, I'm going to go, like, I actually live near green space. So it's like, I'm going to like go on walks for X amount of times on days. My body will allow that. Um, so for me, it would, I'd, I have to fill the space with other things. Otherwise my default is work. Yep. So, so yes, I think it does have to be more active planning than I'm just going to relax or do nothing. It's I'm going to do this. Totally. I agree hundred percent. And the interesting thing is you live near green space. I live in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Like there's green space everywhere. Yet neither of us go and take advantage of it as often as we could or should. And we end up doing the things that we're talking about. Like, and maybe it's dissociation sometimes. Maybe it's just hyper focus. Maybe it's just flow state. But that's where I end up defaulting to, I think, so often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think for me, like, the idea of, I get a lot of FOMO when I walk away and then there's, so it's hard to walk away because it feels like if my default is work, it feels like anything I do outside of that is taking time away from the thing I want to be doing, should be doing. And again, my work is tied to special interests. So it's also that whole, like, you're taking me away from my interest to go do this other thing. 
Um, and so changing that mindset, I think this is for me, it's the FOMO is going to get, I think really intense. It already has like, I'm just, it's this weird thing, Patrick. Like, I honestly don't know why I have the following size. I do like, there's a lot of other wonderful autistic educators out there doing amazing things. Like, I, I don't know why I have the following size I do, but because I do, I'm getting increasingly like more prestigious opportunities. And those are the things that it's like, if I say yes to this, this could like, you know, elevate me as this autistic psychologist, blah, 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 like all these grandiose fantasies. And then to say no to that feels like, I don't know, there's so much FOMO now. And I think that's what's driving a lot of my, my difficulty walking away. Um, so I've got to like, maybe some of my deep psychological shit is working through like grandiose fantasies of self. I think that makes so much sense though. Like that grandiose fantasy of like, look at what life could, again, this is similar to this travel thing and this romanticized idea of like, if I, if I, I don't use the word level up, that feels like very mainline marketing, but if I prop myself up by having these relationships, you don't know where that's going to take you, right? What opportunities that's going to lead to. And there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of positive that comes with that. There's reinforcement. There's definitely validation. There could be monetary, um, you know, gain as well. There could be prestige in that. So like, I get why that feels alluring and appealing. I also understand how that can prevent you then from saying like, how do I step away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what do I say yes to versus what do I say no to? And I think mm-hmm. that's a challenge constantly. What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? And I'm trying really hard for this year and, and all years going forward to really think about that before I like say yes to take that step back to really reevaluate it. Because otherwise your schedule becomes like a game of Tetris. And I, I think mm-hmm. that feels like the wall's closing in a bit in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's a, a kind of reflection prompt I came across recently that I really like, and I've been experimenting with it usually through like more, I try to do kind of a free associative like visioning around it. Um, Cause I access my unconscious mind better that way, but it's what is your ideal day? And cause the idea that like our life is made up of our days and like you and I can talk about like, this is what we want in our businesses. This is what we want in our professional life. But like at the end of the day, what is the ideal day? And I, I think about that a lot in the sense that I think professionally where I feel pulled toward does not align with what my ideal day looks like. And I, I actually am having a lot of difficulty even getting clear about what my ideal day is. But I, I love that as a thought experiment for crafting a life is going back to that really fundamental, like, what's your morning look like? What's your your afternoon what's your evening like how do you want to spend your day because that says something about how you want to spend your life yeah i like that a lot and i I agree that the difficulty is that in like accessing it and and really getting clarity on it because so many of us are like analyzing moment by moment we're experiencing how we move through the world moment by moment and if we are so zoomed out on like projects and what comes next and future plans it gets so easy to just overlook the fact that like day by day, it's just kind of, we're just skating through it or just 
not even paying much attention to what's happening around us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How would you so, answer that? What's your ideal day? Huh. Can you answer it? No, I, I think it's a, <laughs> I think it depends on the day. I, I, I do think that, you know, I'm not a morning person, so I wouldn't start anything before 1030, which I hardly ever do. Um, and I would end everything before like 3 PM, but I would want, I want to, I need more balance. I think that's, that's the reality. Like you mentioned being more or having more active, um, stuff in my calendar. I think getting more physically active for me is important. So playing soccer twice a week is not enough. We are on a major break right now until the end of February. So I have nothing going on. And for me, soccer has been so important that like I have to replace that with something. So I've yet to figure out what that is in 37 years of life. But that is something I want to actively work towards. Like that social component, that physical component, like that, just that thing to look forward to, which I don't have right now. If it's not like, oh, here's the next trip. Here's the next retreat. Here's the next experience. I need something like that to, to have more consistency in my, in my world. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My friend keeps trying to get me to play pickleball with her. And I really don't even understand what pickleball is, but it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. We, uh, the house we were at last year, um, there's a pickleball court right next to it. And we got into it, particularly my, my son and spouse. Um, but it, yeah, it's actually pretty fun. I recommend, so, you know, might do that. She's been asking me for a while. So I think I'll, I'll try and take that on. Um, but yeah, I don't know what my ideal day looks like. I think that's the challenge is the clarity piece. And it's hard to have clarity if you're always busy or you're always immersed in something too. Mm -hmm. Or if you're always letting the fantasy make things seem better than they are. Yeah. So how do we stop doing that? I think Hello. reflect, like paying attention, paying attention, reflecting like, yeah. um, okay. I was excited about that. How was that in reality? Um, is there a way to make that experience different? I feel like I've been doing a lot more of that the last few years, just paying attention to what, what feels good, what feels bad, what feels neutral. Um, yeah. how does it stack up to my fantasy of it? Yeah, for sure. I know that you and I are, are kind of actively well passive. I don't know if the word passively or actively working on a, a community for neurodivergent entrepreneurs and thought leaders. And for me, I continue to revisit that to say like, is this something you really want to commit to? And the answer continues to be yes. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge for me is time. It's always time. That's always my struggle. It's like, even the things that I want to do and say yes to more of, I'm like, but where does it fit in? So that, that means I have to start eliminating things that prevent me from doing the things that are a yes and the things that I'm definitely interested in because the things that I'm just kind of like, eh, I ain't doing this or I feel like I shouldn't be doing this. That doesn't really work for my life anymore. Yeah. 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 I think that's what I want to do more of 2024 is like actually an inventory of where my time's going. I've started doing that. Like I do a ton of admin tasks that I should be able to outsource, but I struggle with outsourcing. Um, and, and starting to track like, okay, is this something I can outsource? Is this something that I need to be doing versus can I hire someone to do this? Um, it, to like, yeah, get clear about that so that I can architect my time to where I'm spending more of it in things that like the community we talked about, like the, 
The one thing in 2023 that I loved was I launched my my Neurodivergent Insights Learning Nook community, which is more interactive than the membership I had before. And I'm I'm realizing that's the one place that it doesn't feel like work. Like I laugh when I'm in there. I like feel connected. It it feels so meaningful. And I, I think that's why I started Instagram, but then that just got so big so fast that it lost the community feel. Yeah. And so community, that, that that would be another intention for 2024 is I really am craving more thoughtful community. Um, and so I think that's partly why I'm excited about the project we've talked about is it's a slightly different community. It's a community of, yeah, kind of thought leaders and autistic entrepreneurs, um, Cause there's not really a lot of spaces for us. Like, um, and I think there are some spaces for ADHD entrepreneurs, but not. Yeah. So yeah. Community. That would be another intention for 2024 for me. I like that. Yeah. I think community feels really grounding to kind of anchor into. And I, I would agree. I would, I would add that to my list. So community and intentionality. And I think just more, yeah, community and intentionality and just really being more introspective about the things that I want more of and the things that I want less of. Working through some of the, like you said before, some of the deeper shit and some of the guilt with saying no to things. And mm-hmm. I think that's natural as human beings. We typically don't want to like let people down or let opportunities slip by. But I've learned in the last couple of years that the more I say no to things, that I don't really want to do. It opens up space for the things that I want to say yes to. And it allows for more energy. It allows for more clarification. It allows for more intentionality. So I think that's my goal. I love that as a goal. Yeah. I can't, there's some like clever quote out there. I can't remember it, but it's like, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Um, and so, but making that front and center, like making it visible what you're saying no to. So like for me, I think I've been saying no to my health for a long time because I've been saying yes to a lot of other things. Um, and so I like that practice of getting clear. Like what if I say yes to this, what does it mean I'm saying no to? Absolutely. Yeah. And I like the ability to like circle back to things and take a look at them again and kind of do like a, an internal scaling or, or weighing of like, okay, this idea felt really great a week ago. Does it still feel good today? Is it still a nine out of a 10 today? No, it feels more like a five. Well, it's probably more likely I can cross that off a list where I don't have to prioritize it right now. And I think we've talked about this, but the beauty of that is like, you can always circle back to this stuff. Like something you feel energized about today that you can lose that drive for doesn't mean it goes away forever. You can circle back to it two years from now and, and it can be a completely different perspective too. So I try to look at it from that lens as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Helps with the FOMO, I imagine. For sure. Because I, you know, I think so many of us have heard like, oh, you're lazy. You get so easily distracted. You don't fall through on things. And then like, you can say yes to things specifically to combat that narrative. But in, if reality is like, I don't really want to do it. You're setting yourself up to put yourself in a position where your energy is going to continue to get drained. So try to avoid that too. Absolutely. So let us know on Instagram or wherever you find our podcast, what your intentions are for 2024 and what you want more of and what you want less of. And let's hold each other accountable 
and stay tuned for the neurodivergent what are we calling it i don't think like we don't have a name yet we have played with like divergent minds because it's a playoff of divergent conversations but then i realized there's that there's that book divergent mind so we don't have a name yet maybe maybe people can help us come up with a name um yeah yeah uh, a community for autistic entrepreneurs and thought leaders yeah adhders are welcome too but i think will probably center the autistic experience a little bit more than the ADHD knowing us. Probably so. So stay tuned for that and keep us posted. Let us know, send us a message, send us a, put a comment in our Instagram stories or our, our feed and we'll happily uh, circle back to this stuff. And I'm kind of excited to see next year if we stay the course and where this goes from here. The same, same. All right, everyone. Well, New episodes are out every Friday on all major platforms. YouTube, like, download, subscribe, and share. Happy New Year, and goodbye. And now, pause for a word from our sponsors. From new patients faced with an empty lobby and no idea where to find their therapist, to clinicians with a session running overtime and the doorbell ringing, Some of the most anxiety-ridden moments of a therapy appointment happen before a session even starts. This episode's sponsor, The Receptionist for iPad, helps you tackle some of that pre-appointment apprehension and anxiety. The Receptionist for iPad is an easy-to-use digital client check-in system that helps your visitors check in securely to their appointments and notify their practitioners of their arrival via SMS, email, or your preferred channel. No more confusion, endless lobby checking, or having clients sign in on paper logbooks. It can even help you upgrade and update your demographic information for your clients as well and even validate parking. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash private practice. Make sure to start your trial with that link and you'll also get your first month free if you decide to sign up.